Good morning. My name, in case you do not know, is Kelly Williams, and normally I'm sitting on the organ bench over here, so thank you, Claire, for sitting over there while I'm standing here uh, where Jeff normally is. Um, would you all pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this morning, we're going to start with a pop quiz. Just two parts with three questions each. Y'all ready? In the Winter Olympics just three months ago, who won the gold medal for ice hockey? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, number two, who was Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2008? Hmm. A little tougher. Who won the Oscar for Best Actress this year? Hmm. Yeah, okay, so you're, the answers are Canada won the gold medal. We pretty much knew that one. Person of the Year in 2008 was Barack Obama, and the Oscar was won by Sandra Bullock. You know, some would call these people extraordinary, and after all, they received awards, applause, had their name in lights, and they were or are memorable, right? Well, really now, though, how soon, as we've just seen, before we can't remember who won the gold medal, who the person of the year was, or who won the Oscar? All right, now, part two of your pop quiz. What was the name of your favorite teacher? <laughs> who first told you about Jesus? And what are the names of your parents? <laughs> Hopefully we did okay with that half of the test. The world and sometimes even the church are impressed by people with wealth, fame, beauty, popularity, and high levels of education and accomplishment. Yet these are not the criteria that God uses when he chooses people to be used by him. God isn't looking for flashy, charismatic, powerfully gifted, highly accomplished people to do his mighty works. Instead, He's looking, looking for simple, ordinary women and men with a willingness to do whatever God asks of them. Instead, God is looking for simple, ordinary women and men. People like your answers to part two. Teachers, parents, a Christian friend. No awards, no headlines, unnoticed by most of the world. Ordinary women and men. Here's how the dictionary defines ordinary. Of no special interest, commonplace and unexceptional. Plain or undistinguished, somewhat inferior or below average, mediocre. Of no special interest, mediocre. I cannot say that that is what I said I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, yeah, you know Joe, he's that plain, undistinguished guy. Or how about Mary? She's the unexceptional woman of no special interest. And the tombstone read, a mediocre person. Rest in peace. Ordinary seems pretty ordinary. But after studying today's scripture, I think I've decided that ordinary is okay. In fact, it's really quite amazing. And I'm happy to be ordinary. You know why? Because God uses the ordinary. God's looking for the ordinary. God chooses the ordinary to do his work. And there's nothing ordinary about God's work. The scripture today 
You can find it in your pew Bible. It's not on PowerPoint. It's on page 102 in the New Testament if you want to follow along. It's the book of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. As he, Jesus, walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it's someone like him. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. You know, there's a lot of sermons in that passage, but today you only get one. And it's about what God did with the ordinary. Did you hear what he did with the ordinary? Here's how author Max Lucado describes the scene. The followers thought he was a great theological case study. Why do you think he's blind, one asked. He must have sinned. No, it's his folks' fault. Jesus, what do you think? Why is he blind? He's blind to show what God can do. The apostles knew what was coming. They'd seen this look in Jesus' eyes before. They knew what he was going to do, but they didn't know how he was going to do it. Lightning, thunder, a shout, a clap of hands, they all watched. Jesus began to work his mouth a little. The onlookers stared. What is he doing? He moved his jaw as if he were chewing on something. Some of the people began to get restless. Jesus just chewed. His jaw rotated around until he had what he wanted. Spit. Ordinary saliva. If no one said it, somebody had to be thinking it. Yuck. Jesus spat on the ground, stuck his finger into the puddle and stirred. And soon it was a mud pie. And he speared some of the mud across the blind man's eyes. The same one who turned a scepter or a stick into a scepter and a pebble into a missile now turns saliva and mud into a balm for the blind. Mud and spit. You can't get much more ordinary than that. When you read what God does with ordinary mud and spit, there truly is no limit to what God can do with ordinary you and I. The only thing that can stop God doing the extraordinary through you and I is you and I. How often do we think, not me, I can't do that, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too tired, I've never done that, I've tried and failed, I'm not smart enough, uh, I'm not rich enough. Whatever excuse we might have, God has already overcome it. Whatever our excuse, God's already used ordinary people with the same excuse to do the extraordinary. David, the Old Testament pillar of faith, slayer of Goliath, man after God's own heart, 
is a compelling inspiration for ordinary people. He was selected from the common people to be king. Not even Jesse, his own father, saw his value. When the prophet Samuel asked Jesse to bring him his sons, this father left David out. Only after Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have, did Jesse tell the prophet about his youngest son who was out taking care of the sheep. Not exactly a good parenting moment there. Then after the prophet anointed David, his brother Eliab cruelly and jealously demeaned him. When David asked questions about Goliath, Eliab put him down in front of other people. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and dishonesty. You just want to see the battle. Anybody have a sibling like that? In other words, who do you think you are, David? You will never amount to anything. Just go back and do what you always do and stop thinking you can do anything important with your life. Yet this overlooked young man who wasn't anything in the eyes of the other people is the one that God chose to be king. Anyone here ever feel overlooked in life? Then there's Gideon. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites fled to the mountains and God called Gideon to deliver them. He told Gideon how he wanted to use him. But here was Gideon's response. Do you hear yourself in this one? How can I save Israel? My family is the poorest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least thought of in the entire family. Despite how small and lowly Gideon felt, the Lord saw something different, and God used Gideon to do the extraordinary. And then there's the disciples, all very ordinary men. Jesus could have picked what the world would consider the most educated, gifted, articulate, accomplished, charismatic people to help him set in motion his plan to evangelize the world. But he chose uneducated, Simple men who are living what many would consider insignificant lives. Sounds pretty ordinary. In fact, they were so lowly and unimportant in the eyes of people that the important religious people were amazed at how they preached. And they could see that these apostles, who were ordinary men and had no special training, were doing the extraordinary. And how about Jesus? Now, we may not think of Jesus as ordinary because we know the resurrection and how it ends. But when you look at Jesus from the world's eyes, he was very ordinary. Did you have a chance to read through Jesus' bio or his stats inside the bulletin? No home, no education, um, wandering preacher. Very ordinary in the eyes of the, woman, of the world. So are you still thinking that David, Gideon, the disciples, even mud and spit are the exception? See if you can relate to any of these people, all very ordinary people with ordinary issues, but used by God to do the extraordinary. Noah, a drunk, Abraham, old, Isaac, a daydreamer, Jacob, a liar, Leah, ugly, Moses, a murderer, Jeremiah and Timothy, young, Job, bankrupt, Peter, denied Christ, Martha, worried about everything, Zacchaeus, too small, and the list goes on. In fact, I believe if we looked at all the giants of our faith, we'd discover that every one of them was ordinary. 
ordinary that is until God got a hold of them. Because you see, it's not who we are, it's who God is. It's not what we can do, it's what God can do through us. God wants those who feel inadequate and insecure. God wants those who have failed or feel insignificant. God wants the simple, ordinary women and men with a willingness to do whatever God asks. God wants the child who brings in a can of food to donate to the food pantry. God wants the church who collects underwear, how ordinary is that, for the homeless. God wants the counselor who offers her time to help others. God wants the teenager who invites a family in a park to come to church. God wants the singer who occasionally sings a bad note, but who sings totally and entirely for God. God wants the gardener who pulls weeds so that the community can see God's beauty. God wants the truck driver who leaves Bibles in truck stops so others can discover God's word. God wants the banker who never stops looking for ways to help people, especially in this economy, because that's what Jesus would do. God wants the parents who use the death of a child as a source of their inspiration to help others. God wants the person who posts church events on Facebook so that others can see God at work in this world. These may seem, all seem like ordinary people doing ordinary things, but like mud and spit, none of this is ordinary when God gets involved. Don't think that God can't or won't use you. Perhaps you were overlooked by your family like David. Maybe your parents or your siblings, your boss, your co-workers, your classmates didn't value you or encourage you to reach for all you would become. They may have even degraded you or said words that discouraged what you felt you were capable of doing. You may feel like a nobody, even though that is far from the truth. You may see yourself like Gideon, and you have actually said to yourself, how can God use me? I'm poor, and no one has thought highly of me. Maybe you've believed that the important people will be the ones who accomplish great things in the kingdom of God, but not you. If any of this speaks to your heart, then this day the Lord is saying to you, be as David before me. He was a man after my own heart, and I took him from a place of no importance and raised him up to be king. I promise you that if you will follow me with integrity as David did, and if you will always obey what I ask you to do, I will do the same for you. I will use you far beyond what others or even yourself ever hoped or dreamed or thought was possible. It's from 1 Kings 9, verses 4 and 5. Come take hold of my hand. I'm safe for you to trust. And I promise you I will never crush you in your weakness, and I will never quench your smallest hope. Isaiah 42, 3. Come close and I will teach you. I will draw out of you all that is hidden so that you can be used mightily by me. I want to use someone just like you because I don't make decisions the way man does. Man judges by outward appearance, but I look at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. So lay down all the limitations that you have put on yourself or others have put on you. You may feel insignificant among my people. You may feel like an outsider looking in because you are not what others would consider important. But this day I say to you, step out of the shadows and into the light. Walk away from all restrictions you have mistakenly accepted as truth. 
Come and see what I have for you as you lay aside what has always stopped you. For I have had it with the proud who are high and lofty in their estimation of themselves, and I take great delight in just plain people such as you. 1 Peter 5.5 5. One last example. <clears throat> in Jeremiah, there's a story of a potter working with a lump of clay, and he's working it, forming it into a piece of art, <clears throat> and he discovers a flaw in it. He doesn't throw it away. He simply takes it and reworks it and remakes it into something more beautiful than, he, than it was before he started. <clears throat> A lump of clay, mud and spit, a murderer, a drunk, an old man, a worried woman, you and I. In God's hands, the ordinary people become extraordinary. Will you let God do the extraordinary with you? In God's hands, a lump of clay becomes a work of art. God is the artist, our artist. And our prayer is that you let God create a masterpiece with you today. Artist creator, I give to you my heart. Mold me and make me into your work of art. Turn me and shape, shape me into a vessel true. Lord, make me holy. Lord, make me holy.
pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the master artist and creator, and we thank you for that. We stand amazed at how you constantly take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Mud and spit, a lump of clay, ordinary men and women. Lord, I pray that we give ourselves to you wholly and completely to be used by you. This world needs the extraordinary. Take our ordinary lives and use us for your extraordinary work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.